Nice to see you guys. Even way up there in the back, I walked back up there. It's pretty far, actually. It's weird looking down. Praise the Lord. We're on our, if you can believe it, our sixth session in Ephesians. And I trust that you have been impacted by the Word of God. And I trust that uh, God has been speaking to you. It's amazing to me how the Word of God is always relevant. It's just always relevant. And just to see what Paul talks about in chapter 1, and, and just the overwhelming blessings that have come through knowing Jesus and what Christ has done for us. And I encourage you with pushing into this. You know, I often, in my, in, in my background and upbringing, we, we often in the Baptist realm, we got on our knees to pray. I didn't get on our knees to worship, but, but it was, you definitely got on our knees to pray. You, you wouldn't lift your hands, but you positioned yourself in prayer. And there is something about positioning yourself. And I know in, in our kind of circles and more charismatics, we definitely would get on our knees and worship. We would get on our knees in prayer. I want to encourage you to get on your knees before the Word of God. It's a position. When I first got touched by the Lord, I, 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 came, in, I came across a book called Fox's Book of Martyrs. And if you, if, it's a good read. It's an interesting read. And it's about people who are martyred for Christ. And it always intrigues me how someone in a persecuted country in the world, say China, when I was growing up, could get the same passage of Ephesians, chapter 1, just the page, and transform the world around them. Their position and perspective on that one page of Scripture turned their life upside down. The miracles we hear, the things that God would do, just from the way they positioned themselves with the Word. Receiving the Word. And I encourage you with this because we're going to go into a verse today, well, three verses that are very familiar to the Christian, if you've been a Christian for a while. And they probably, uh, hopefully, will roll off your tongue. And if it's not put to memory, I please put it to memory. Put it to memory. And I, I want to just, with the attitude of, okay, God, speak to me. I need to get revelation on this. I need to have the word come to life in me. I do need knowledge, I get that, but knowledge is just knowledge unless it's put into action. And so I just ask you, Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God, we yield to you that you would speak. I trust the word will be sown in humility Today, that you would cause growth, that you would cause revelation. How we need revelation, Lord. We commit our hearts and our minds to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Wow, look at that. Such a short verse, too. (laughs) For by grace you have been saved through faith, It is not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not a result of works, so no one can boast. Even with very little knowledge, if this is the first time you've seen this verse, you would still gather from it that God is doing something that you've got nothing to do with. 
Wow, that's kind of odd. That God is doing something here and done something here that has nothing to do with us. That it's not in and of ourselves that we've done anything. He went to do it. He said, stop. This is holy of God. We may not understand exactly what's going on here, but no one can stand up and boast. No one can go, hey, dude, I made it to heaven on my own. I did it on myself. Oh, you, you need Jesus. I didn't need Jesus. And there was that, there is that in the culture today. Believe me, it's called self-righteousness and it masquerades as a righteousness, but it is not the righteousness of God. And I don't have time to get into it, but that's why the law came for, to speak to those who are under the law that every mouth might be shut and all the world become accountable before God. For by the works of the law shall no one be justified. In other words, the law was not coming to help you justify yourself. The law came to show you you're a sinner. That's the tool. That's what the, the use of the law is. So clearly there's something going on here. And these, these words, how they're put together so beautifully. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And not of yourself. It is a gift of God lest anyone should boast. Grace. I'm just going to take some key words here and go through it and trust God for revelation. Grace is mentioned 156 times in the New Testament. It's charis or haris if you want to show off and know what you're talking about. It cannot be earned. It is favor. Grace, it's favor. It's like you have my favor. You have a direct line. You've got, like, it's just, it's, you've got the favor of God. Now, how it's expressed, you know, sometimes looking in other passages of Scripture that shows the same word helps illuminate this passage. So if you look at this in Luke 1, 29, talking about Mary, and Gabriel had spoken to Mary about what's going to happen, but she was very perplexed at this statement and was pondering what kind of meeting this was. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. In other words, what Gabriel said was impossible. He says an impossibility to her. And she's like, what do we do? do? Don't worry, you have the favor of God. This this, This is a key ingredient of truth in this one little scripture, how grace works in our lives. Another way to look at grace, Acts 4.33, and with great power the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord and abundant grace was upon them all. The favor of God. It's like when he says to Jesus, when he starts in in Matthew chapter 3, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The backing of heaven. The grace of the father upon the son. And one more scripture I'd like to point out on grace, which is very familiar to us. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. It's like Paul was like, the grace was there. He's like, okay, is there anything else in there? It's like, no, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. You'll note there's a critical truth pregnant in this scripture. When he was at his weakness, physically and mentally, when he can do nothing in and of itself, at that point, 
He's at his highest spiritual authority and power. At his highest advantage. At that point, he is most effective for God. And in light of this truth, in light of this scripture, when you look at Paul's life and he suffered shipwrecks, he was beaten five times with... He whipped five times. He was beaten three times. He was shipwrecked. Night and day in the sea, often in hungry, often in danger of his life. And believe me, they wanted to kill him. It wasn't just trolling on social media, the Jews. They wanted to kill this man. If they could get him, kill him. This man can speak on this. And in all of that, he found out where he was trying to get out of the weakness. He's like, it's actually in the weakness that the grace of God flourishes. It's when the flesh, if I can say, and we talked about the Adamic nature earlier in this series, it's when that's at its weakness, the spirit is at its zenith, its strength. It's a very unnatural place to desire to be as a human being. We are continually trying to get out of a place of weakness. I don't have enough money, let's get more money. I don't like the place I'm saying, let's find another. It's a continual place of anxiety. Think how much of our lives are are consumed with trying to get out of a place of weakness. It's the very place where grace abounds and is perfected. It's interesting when, when, when God leads through Moses, Israel, out of Egypt, he brings them to the Red Sea. And God positions them at the Red Sea in the worst strategic position. And the Egyptians come up from the sides and they have the vantage point. And then God does the miraculous in that situation. When they can do nothing. Nothing. Women, children sitting there crying, waiting. What's going on? Moses with his staff. And of course we know, God says, raise your staff. What's in your hand? We know the story. But it was in that position of weakness. The power of God is released. It's, 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 it's a real, I desire this for my own life. It's a real desire for the revelation, Lord, of what's being said here. To find yourself Okay when things are going sideways. When you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death and you are not fearing any evil. Because why? Because he is with you. His rod and his staff, they comfort you. He prepares a table before your enemies. He doesn't take you out of the situation. He just steps down in the midst of the crap you're in and he prepares a table. Things are going on in your life. You don't know why all the time. Yeah, if it's sin, you got it. Okay, you got to... Sin can bring some ugly stuff into your life, Okay. But I'm talking, if you're just walking after the things of the Lord, we don't know why we go through what we go through, but we do know what we do know, and that is he's with me. And Paul is petitioning us here to get it. Man, you got to get it. You keep trying to find a place of strength, but it's in your death that you live. We just read that God has not come to the planet to make bad people good. He's come to the planet to make dead people alive. It's not a reno. He's literally uprooting the foundation of Adam and planted on Christ. It's a whole new thing. Praise the Lord. And I don't like to take assumptions. So when I go through this, I go, by grace you have been saved. Saved from what, Lord? I don't want to be assumptive. Presumption and assumption is a killer in the spiritual realm. Saved from what? Sozo. You heard that word? This is in some other scriptures to help illuminate what he's saying. She will give birth to a son and he shall, say, shall name him Jesus and he shall save his people from their sins. 
His desire is to save you not just from the penalty of sin, that being death and hell, judgment. He wants to save you from sins, the fruits, the activity, not just the penalty, but out of it, to sozo you out of sin. Matthew 9, 22. But Jesus turning and seeing her said, Daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you well. And at once this woman was made well. The sozo of healing. See, sometimes I grew up, at least in the course, don't blame my churches because I probably didn't listen much in church. It's like I never heard, I never heard tithing preached in church. And of course, but I, then I realized I don't really listen that much anyway. But there's something going on here where... It's not just about saving you from the penalty of sin, hell. And we can, that's a very important truth. Believe me. Believe me. We want to stand boldly before the throne, known we're forgiven. But he wants to save you from sickness. Look, look, I, I get it. It's the elephant in the room. Why don't we see more healing? I get it. But all I know when I read the book, it's a gospel of power. And I, I have to be driven by the book more than my experience. I get it. But the, the word of God is what built my faith. And people say seeing is believing, but I believe believing is seeing. And I'm trusting as we push into to what Paul is talking about here in Ephesians. Where we're seated. Who we are. Redeemed. Getting over the insecurity of what it means to be a child of God. Accepting it. Accepting these scriptures we're going to go through. And getting over all the junk. And cutting the weight. And embracing what it means to be in Christ. Not bravado, but we will boast in Jesus. It's actually the opposite. It's actually embracing death so that you might live. For it's he that loses his life will find it. By grace we have been saved from the penalty of sin. By grace we have been saved from sin itself. By grace we are healed. By grace we are set free. By grace, by favor, by grace, by grace. It has nothing to do with your action. It is by grace alone. Or you could boast but not before God. I know, I was waiting for this one too. Oh man. By grace you have been saved through faith. Now just before we get to faith, look, you notice that through word? Is it a preposition? Please? Anyway, I don't know. Through. Because you got grace going along, bop, 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 and it's like faith just reaches out, bop, bop, and it's a bridge to grace. I stress this because it's, it's, it's so important to understand grace and faith. The same way we come into the kingdom is the same way we walk in the kingdom. The same way you came through the door that was sung about, by grace, through faith, is the same way you will walk the kingdom walk. By grace, through faith. Yes, Lord. The through is interesting because there's this one, I, I was looking for different scripture again to illuminate what's being said here. And, and it's, a, it's just it's a simple scripture. It said, now all this took place so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophets. So you got the word of the Lord just standing there, but the prophet has to speak. So the word of the Lord speaks. The, the prophet speaks the word of the Lord. Grace comes. It's embraced by faith. And it has expression. 
Hebrews chapter 4 says the word that they heard did not profit them because they did not have the same faith. The word of God, the grace of God is clearly throughout. We see the grace of God even the rain shines, or sorry, the rain falls as, as we may not like it, but it falls on the wicked and the just. God's grace. God, there's a grace, but there's this grace needed. That's a pers- it's, it's more personal that you need, and it is only locked into by faith. By faith. Now, this is beautifully on display through the father of faith. Does anyone know who the father of faith is? Abraham. And there's, Abraham is a beautiful story of what it looks like to walk in faith and grace. You know that God comes down in Genesis 12, chapter 12 and he speaks to this man, Abram, he calls him at the time, and Sarai. And he says, I'm going to do something great through you. So we don't know why Abraham's chosen, or Abram. I'm going to call him Abraham, just so you know, even though at that time he's Abram. We don't know why, essentially, he's chosen, but it's just the grace of God. But what is the response of Abraham? Abraham believes God. He believes him, especially in, in, in it really starts to ramp up here in Genesis 15, because he takes this guy who's super old, by the way. There ain't nothing going on downstairs, you know what I'm saying? And there ain't nothing going on in his wife. And he's, God's promising him a child from him and his wife. Again, it's impossible. It's impossible. That's when grace and faith come together in this incredible combination of power. And Abraham's called the father of faith. And I really encourage you, if you struggle in faith, Romans chapter 4. I love Romans chapter 4 because Paul is showing us what's going on in Genesis 12 to, when did Abraham die? 20, 20, chapter 25? What's going on in 12 to 25 in Genesis, Paul illuminates what's happening spiritually. And he says that, Paul says that Abraham considered his wife and the deadness of his womb, like he's looking at her, and grew in faith. For this reason, Romans chapter 4, 16, for this reason, it is by faith in order that they be in accordance with grace. Works does not go with grace. It, it, they don't match up. Works goes with law. I mean, I don't have time to get into it because Paul doesn't get into it in Ephesians, but if you're walking in law, sorry, if you're walking in your own flesh, you're walking in law. And that's why there's deadness. And, and there's a real warning in Romans chapter 4 against that. But what we see here, that it works together. So that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only those who are of law, but also those who are of faith of Abraham, the father of us all. I want to put one more ingredient into the grace and faith. And that is the word of God. The word of God was spoken to Abraham by the grace of God. And Abraham took hold of that word. Yes, he messed up with Ishmael. He interpreted the word of God incorrectly. But the Lord was gracious. See, Paul challenges the Galatian church. And we can all be susceptible to this. This migrating away from grace and faith. Paul goes medieval on these guys. 
you got the core church having weird sex and stuff, like weird stuff going on there. He still doesn't go as medieval as he does on the Galatian church. This is the foundation of what we believe. We are saved by grace through faith. So he says this to them because they started circumcising themselves. Don't try and understand circumcision. But they tried to add to. It's not just Jesus alone. They tried to add to what the gospel said. And this is what Paul says. This is the only thing I want to find out from you guys. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Notice, hearing the word, the word hearing builds faith. Are you foolish? Have you begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Are you now being perfected by your works? And I'm good and I do this and you're driven more by what you do than what you are. Born again by an incorruptible seed. An apple tree does not try to bear apples. It just bears apples because it's in its DNA. Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So then, does he who provide you with the Spirit and work miracles when you do by the works of law, or by hearing, hearing, faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the words of Christ, or by hearing, Lord, pray for your ears. With the heart man believes, it's always an issue of your affections. You know that, right? It's always a battle around this spiritual thing called the heart. What do you say to Abraham? He gives Abraham Isaac. Amazing. But maybe he's testing to see if the gift is going to surpass the one who gave it. Maybe the gift will become an idol. Maybe the gift will be the pursuit. So he says, take your son whom you love, your only son, and sacrifice him. And we see this amazing man of God. It says, early the next morning, he rose. I, I think I'd sleep in that day. Early the next morning. So we see that it is so important for us in this scripture of, of we, are, we, are, we are saved by grace through faith that we get this revelation because the next scripture we're going to look at, you will miss it if you don't get the first part. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. We are his workmanship. It's poimia. God's workmanship. The only other time poimia is used actually in the New Testament in this fashion is actually in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, which is a familiar passage. Let me just read it to you. For since the creation of the world, his individual, invisible attributes, talking about God, that is his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived, being understood by what has been made. Poimea. So that they are without excuse. So God even considers his creation his first testimony to the world. That when you look out at the beauty of God's creation, the way it all works together, the majesty of it, is a reflection of him. How much more those who are made in the image and likeness of God, we are his workmanship. That's why you shall not take a life. A human being is not on the same, same level as an animal. A, a human has been made in the image and likeness of God and you shall not take a life. God's fingerprints are all over creation and they are all over you and I.
We are made in his image and likeness, created in Christ. Now, I like this because there's something different about the created in this part. There's something different. It says, but, but, but you're, it, there's a transformation happening. It says a complete change or a transformation. I love that metamorphosis. A transformation. Do you recognize that from anywhere? Romans chapter 12. Be not conformed to this world, but be metamorphosized. Be transformed by the renewing of this thing up here. The spiritual mind. How you think about yourself. How a man thinks, so he acts. You see that, right? If somebody thinks they're a dog, guess what? They start barking like a dog. Everyone else goes, they ain't dogs, but it's up here. Be transformed by the metamorphosis. This is, we are being transformed into the image and likeness of Christ. In Christ again. I mean, it just never ends with him. What has he not done for us? That's why we rave about him. That's why all we talk about is him. It's Christ, not I. Who's the I? I is the Adam. I is that which is from far long ago. Adam, in the spiritual sense, we are now in Christ and defined by Christ. And we are, we are prepared, that we, are for, we are in Christ for good works. Good works. Hmm. It's interesting because good works, works is a funny thing in certain circles. Because it muddies things up. People don't really understand, are we supposed to pursue good works? And you know, we need to understand justification is solely on Christ alone. But we're not saved by good works. We are saved unto good works. God has a plan. God has desires. We saw it even right back when he gave Adam delegated authority over the planet. God still has that same desire with you and me that you would be a representative. That you're not meant to just wander around the planet as a Christian doing whatever you want. That's not his desire, clearly. That he has prepared for you and I good works to, to walk in them. Not to just have the theology. This is what I believe, my, my theological statement, my doctrinal statement, which is great. You've got to start somewhere. You've got to know what you believe. But now what do you do with what you believe? And I, I, I understand, like, we've we got to start somewhere, but at some point there is this, there's this compulsion by the Spirit of God to do something for him. You know, Jesus didn't come to the planet and do whatever he wanted, and Jesus is the forerunner for us. Why did Jesus go up all night and pray to the Father? He's obviously intimacy. There's multiple levels, but I can tell you one of them was, what are you doing, Father? He says, my food is to do my Father's will. What we own well? Don't you want a house, car, get married? It's all secondary. What's the will of the Father? What is the will of the Father? He even says, "I only do what I see him, what I see him do," which is kind of cool. Like he had such intimacy, he could see what the Father was doing. He would look out on a crowd, and there might be a demon manifesting here, and maybe we'd go, "Okay, we got to deal with this demon." But he's like, "No, what's the Father? I don't really care." And even Paul was like that. It took him three days to cast out a demon once because he didn't get caught up with what the devil's doing which the church can really get on about today. What is God doing? What is the Father doing? What are the good works foreordained for us to fulfill? Well, Nick, you don't know the times we live in. It's very challenging. It's very challenging. Well, try, try the times in Rome. Christians getting burnt to the stake. 
And there are many cultures and countries in the world that Christians are getting persecuted and they're standing fast. But know this, that there are good works that God has foreordained for us to fulfill. There is a plan that God has. I think sometimes we feel like it's too late in the game. You say, it's too late for me. How old was Abraham when he was called by God in Genesis chapter 12? 75 years old. I'd say it was pretty old. No offense. But that's when he was, he was called. God, it's amazing to me. Sometimes the more messed up you are and your family is, and we all got weird families, generally speaking. God bless you if you don't. Um, I'm just saying, I've, I've been around a bit. and I've, 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 Yeah, there's a lot of weirdness out there. And it's like God makes a stew out of your life. And you come to him. And you repent of your sins. And you give your life to him. And the grace of God is flowing in your life. And you walk in faith with him. And he says, he works all things together for good for those who love me and call according to my purposes. Now, I don't want to see how he makes the stew. It's like walking to how they make sausage. I have no interest. I love sausage. don't want to see how it's made. In other words, he's putting in all, you were beaten as a kid, boom, into the stew. It's not left out. Your father's super weird and treated you weird, boom. Your husband that divorced you cheated on you, boom. All into it and mix it. And he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. What has he not done? What has he not done? What has he not done? I'm just going to get us to stand. I want you to look at the scripture in fullness. At the word of God over us. All you got to do is accept it. Nice. All the squeaking. Yeah, that's good. Do you see how you need to have a revelation on verses 8 and 9 in order to fulfill verse 10? If you don't have a revelation on verses 8 and 9, you will fulfill 10 in the law. And that's why life really sucks in the law. You're constantly aware of your shortcomings. You're constantly aware of how much you don't pray enough. You're constantly aware of all the things you're doing wrong. And not aware of Christ. That's how you know your mindset's in the wrong spot. Choose you this day whom you will serve. I understand you've missed it in the path, but today is today. And it's awareness of Christ. It's fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. It's not about me and my industry. And I've said this to you before. I mean, I used to preach the gospel, and I had one guy tell me that you're way worse than I am. I go, dude, you are so right. So we're both in prison. So we're both in maximum security prison. We both suck, in other words. But he doesn't. We're not defined ourselves. We're defined by who he says we are. It is by grace that you have been saved. It is the same thing you might be pushing in right now for healing. Finances. It is the same principle. By grace, the favor of God, not of works. It is by faith and faith alone. Abraham believed what God said and it was counted to him as righteousness. Righteousness before a holy God who does not take sin lightly. So let's just open our hearts to what God would say and what God would, just to see, Lord, I just pray, whatever was of me, I trust, was very little, but whatever was, I pray it would wash it away. I pray for the word of God. I pray for your seed, Lord. Oh, it's finished. It's finished. It's, he's sitting down. That means he's done. It is finished. Lord, we were crucified in you.
We were buried in you and we have been raised up and seated in you in heavenly places. We accept the word of God. We want to sing with Paul, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Lord, we lift you all the challenges. I just pray for your peace. Your burden is light. Your yoke is easy, no matter what the circumstance. Let God be true and every man a liar. Lord, we call out, Lord, in the, in the, in the, where people are in their deepest weakness, Lord, I just pray a revelation. I pray for an increase of faith. I pray that you would help any unbelief, Lord. I pray, Father, that the revelation of grace, finished, done, completed. Nothing more has to be said on the topic. It has all been said. We open our hearts, Lord. We long to live life and life abundantly. And we long to see our dead brothers and sisters in our families and our dead neighbors come to life. We long to be vessels and useful to the master. So we yield as Abraham did. We just say, it's not I, but Christ. You know the situations in everyone's life. I just pray for fresh faith, Lord. I know the devil cannot touch your grace, but he sure can attack our faith, Lord. I just pray just a, just a sturdying of the faith, Lord, a building in of the faith of the people, each one of us. The substance of things hoped for, the very evidence of things unseen. By it, men and women of old found favor with God. He that comes to him must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Lord, this we, we as a church... All to Jesus I surrender. All to Thee I truly give. Come Holy Spirit. Just yield Yourself. Just increase Lord. Increase. Breakthrough. 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 Breakthrough Lord. We don't want to be just hearers of the Word. But Lord You're doers. Your, your Word finding life in our earthen vessels. Have your way, Lord God, in our families. By grace, by grace, we believe by the favor of God. We have the favor of God. We have the favor. We declare it over our lives. Seated in heavenly places. We are not the tail. We are the head. We are not dogs that beg for crumbs from the master's table. We sit as children. Lord, stir up, Lord God, those areas that we've caved in, those areas where the salvation has waned, we've drifted in our affections. We've started to walk in the flesh. We've started to walk in old ways. I pray, Lord God, your grace and your mercy to convict and to draw back. I pray a revelation and a, and a, and a, and a, and a way out. Lord, pour out, pour out, pour out. We long for the authentic, not the religion of men. We long for you to have your articulation through us, through this church, through our families. That the peace of God would surpass, that surpasses understanding would guard our hearts and our minds. That we, when the world is going crazy, we are at peace because we have favor with God. We have favor with God. Thank you, Lord. Just going to ask Anne to sing. Just allow, Lord, Holy Spirit, just move, I pray. We yield to you to do what only you can do.